Hey, Rockheads, this is Carl Franklin. And this is Richard Campbell. Here to tell you that the NDC Mini Copenhagen Show is back. That's right. The event that takes place March 14th to 16th at the BGI Bain in Copenhagen. BGI-BYEN, Bain, spelled like it sounds. Two days of workshops and a one-day conference with great speakers like Scott Allen, Ben Hall, and Dominic Beyer. Early bird pricing ends on December 31st, so go to ndcmini.com today and register. And tell them Carl and Richard sent you. Hey, Carl here to say that Music to Code By is now an app called Music to Flow By. Now you can listen to the tracks on your phone with offline capability. The first three tracks are free, and the entire catalog is available by subscription with a new track arriving every month. Just go to musictoflowby.com for all the links. Welcome back to .NET Rocks. This is Carl Franklin. And this is Richard Campbell. We're here for another hour of .NET-y goodness and some really good stuff coming up from Tomas. I can't wait to talk to him about uh, version 2.0 of .VVM. We are back in the studio after having a whole bunch of pre-recorded shows. We're basically recording this two days before publishing, which is really kind of cutting it close. Well, what's funny here is, of course, we had all those shows from Connect. Yeah. Now we have a small block of shows we're going to record before Christmas that will basically carry us to NDC London. Yeah. Where we'll do another block of shows at a conference. That's yeah. just our lives these days, it, it seems. It is our lives. <laughs> I managed to squeak in a new music to code by slash music to flow by track. Wow. Was that number 14? Number 14. I published it today. Nice. And it first publishes in the app, Music to Flow By. So if you have a subscription to the app, you get that first. And then a week later or so, uh, I'll publish it as a track on Music to Code By. But if you haven't checked it out, that's what it is. It, and it's good. You know, I, I'm ba back to basics. Like, a lot of bass, because bass seems to be very relaxing for people, low frequencies. Right. Not a lot of sharp sounds not a lot of drums but definitely rhythmic counterpoint and stuff yeah, it's it's fun to get back to it after a while absolutely good stuff all right let's get to it better know a framework awesome you better <laughs> All right, what do I better know? Uh, I'd like to thank Brian McKay, the AppV Next uh, superstar who shared this with the group. This is Typewriter. Hmm. So Typewriter is on GitHub. It's a free extension for Visual Studio that generates TypeScript files from C-sharp code using TypeScript templates. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So it allows you to create fully typed TypeScript representations of server-side API, models, controllers, SignalR hubs, whatever that automatically update when you make changes to your C-sharp code. Nice. How cool is that? So just part of your build process is you alter the code is to spit out an updated TypeScript template. Yep. You just live in the world of TypeScript and everything takes care of itself. Love it, love it, love it. Love it, love it, love it. That's a good one. Yeah. Thanks, Brian, for that. And who's talking to us today, Richard Campbell? I got an email from Martin Debal. This is back a couple months ago where he said, Dear Carl and Richard, it's exactly one year when you did your amazing show with Thomas Herseg about his framework .vvm. Hmm. I watch sometimes their blog and it looks really cool. They finished a big components pack recently and now they're working on a new UI engine to move forward from Knockout.js. Could you make a new show with them? I'd like to know more. No. Nah, not doing it. No, we're not going to do that. I uh, know. Sorry. We're not those guys. We got to draw the line somewhere. You know, if we don't say no once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> 
what are you going to do? Everybody will want everything all the time. Clearly. So, sorry about that. Oh, well. <laughs> we're silly people. You knew we were going to do that, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right, Martin, here's the show. Thanks so much for the suggestion. And a Donut Rocks mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a Donut Rocks mug, write a comment on the website at donutrocks.com or via any of our social media because we publish every show to Facebook and Google+. Plus. And if you comment there, we read it on the show. We'll send you a mug. And definitely follow us on Twitter. I'm at Carl Franklin. He's at Rich Campbell. Send us a tweet. We retype them with our Smith Coronas. Jeez, there's a flashback. Holy man. <laughs> Have you seen the typewriter orchestra? No. That's awesome. Just Google Bing that. Okay. And I'll see you in an hour. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, too funny. That's it. Typewriter orchestra. It's what you think. Yep. All right. Okay. Well, let's bring on Tomas. Tomas Herseg is the CEO of Riganti, a small software development company located in Prague in the Czech Republic. Tomas is a Microsoft regional director like Richard and myself, a Microsoft most valuable professional, also like Richard and myself, and author of .vvm, an open source .NET based web framework, which lets you build line of business applications easily and without writing thousands of lines of JavaScript code. Tomas speaks about .NET and web development, software architecture, cloud computing, and other awesome topics at technical conferences all over the world. He's co-author of .NET Portal, the biggest Czech website about .NET development, where he has published many articles. He's also co-founder of .NET College, a company which hosts developer training and organizes various community events. Welcome back, Tomas. Hello. Great to be here again. .vvm. It was back in what? September 2016. I think it was show 1345. We had you talking to us about this and we were pretty blown away then. I can't wait to hear what there is new, but take us back there and give us the elevator pitch somewhere between what I just said and what it really is. Okay, so the show was recorded in September. It was uh, about two months after our first stable release, when the first version was uh, only supporting the old uh, old .NET framework. Mm -hmm. Now we have a version which supports uh, .NET Core. Yeah, great. And we have been talking about the basic features, how MVVM pattern works in, in .VVM. You can write view models in C Sharp and the views in HTML syntax with some extensions. We have our own syntax for uh, data bindings. Mm. The data bindings get translated from C Sharp to JavaScript. So basically, you can write a line of business web apps practically without writing uh, JavaScript. You just use uh, HTML and C Sharp. Nice. Well, that's that's very cool. And and we liked it back then and we still like it. And ever since I saw Knockout, you know, we were both WPF Silverlife developers or, you know, we were we at least knew what it was and we're messing around with it. And then Knockout comes out and Steve Sanderson, right? Mr. Silverlight does the the first sort of web binding-ish VVM-ish kind of thing in JavaScript. And, and it's just kind of surprising that it didn't get taken to this logical conclusion that you've taken it to before .vvm? Or am I wrong? Are there other, Have there been other attempts to make a VVM model work in C-sharp with the web? Uh, I think uh, I've seen uh, some library, which was, I don't know the exact name, it was something like ASP.NET uh, Knockout. And uh, basically, it was a set of, uh, I believe it was uh, HTML helpers in MVC. Hmm. So you could write C-sharp code and it generated the 
Node.js controls and things like that. But the .vvm has gone further than that because we have basically, we have implemented uh, also the way from the data from the UI back to the server. Uh, you click the button and uh, the changes you have made to the view model in the, on the client side will get to the server when you can easily process them, store it in the database and uh, whatever, whatever you want to do with them. That's very, very cool. So who has been using .vvm since you first talked about it? I mean, how many downloads? Do you have any stories about some high profile cases that are using it? We have uh, certainly a lot of companies here in the Czech Republic because I have been speaking about .vvm since uh, we have started working on that. So there is a Hundreds of companies basically in the Czech Republic. And also we got a lot of companies from all over the world based on the show we had last year because many people wrote us emails and uh, contacted us on the Gitter that they saw .vvm uh, or heard about .vvm in .NET Rocks and they are very interested in this technology. Actually, uh, we have uh, some larger corporate customers, mm-hmm. but they have just started a few months ago because still this framework is not so old, so it takes a lot of time until really large companies start to trust this technology. Right. Well, you have several several bank institutions in, in, in the Czech Republic, uh, which started using uh, .vvm on their projects. And also, we have uh, written several articles on uh, various dev magazines, and all those uh, brought us a lot of a lot of new users. And lately, we have been uh, working on some integration scenarios with uh, ASP.NET Web Forms, because there are a lot of companies which have old Web Forms applications, and yeah. basically, they cannot rewrite them from scratch, because if the application is being developed for 10 years, there's no chance that you will be able to rewrite it in, in one year, uh, no matter what technology you will use. And uh, because .vvm supports also .NET Framework, and basically it's uh, on .NET Framework, it's Owen middleware, so you can uh, easily uh, integrate .vvm in existing uh, web forms apps, so you can start writing new screens and new areas of these old web apps in .vvm, or you can rewrite uh, the screens as, as you go. So you can continue with the development, you can add new features, and uh, after some time, maybe you will get uh, rid of all web forms screens and you will be able to update the application to .NET Core because the API on in .vvm is exactly the same. That's awesome. That is so fantastic. What a great pitch because clearly there are a lot of people now who you know with uh, core 2.0 just want to move and especially all that old legacy web form stuff you know it's got to go we're appv next right now is doing a rewrite of one that wasn't expected to make it through the new year it's so fragile wow yeah This is the time. I mean, everybody's doing the migrations, the lifts and shifts. Mm -hmm. And what a great way to tackle it. Yeah, this was our original intent because I felt that uh, web forms do not have any new version, new, new successive technology that would allow the similar way of development Mm. uh, like the developers were used to because uh, most of the applications are just a graphical interface over a relational database and with today technologies it's uh, you have to combine dozens of libraries uh, something in c sharp something in javascript and you wanted to have the similar easy approach for simple 
database interfaces, grids, and forms for editing the records. Absolutely. It's easy to get this to just be too complicated to use, to get people too confused on what they have to do next. If I read our timing right, are you about to ship 2.0? Like as we're recording this, it's like the next day or two? As uh, today, when we record the show, .vvm 2.0 is not uh, on the official Nougat feed. It's only in our private builds. Okay. But we will be releasing it in a few days. It will be this week. So the beta will be available very soon. Maybe uh, when this show is published, maybe it will already be there. Mm -hmm. And there are plenty of uh, new features we have been working on since the last release with .NET Core support. Now, the Visual Studio support, there's two levels, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have, uh, we have Visual Studio extension. We, have the, we had this extension since the first version. And it's also, I think it's maybe it's the biggest uh, argument for uh, using .vvm is the Visual Studio integration. Because we have spent really a lot of time on making this actually work. And the free version of this extension, there is a project template. So you can click file, new project, .vvm and uh, go. You have empty.vvm app, which you can use to start. And there is also a commercial version, which adds uh, much better IntelliSense. There is, there is actually some IntelliSense in the free version. So you will get the list of uh, .vvm controls and their properties and things like that. But uh, if you want IntelliSense in uh, data binding expressions, this is included in the commercial version. And there is a lot of features like uh, F12 go to definition. So you can go through the view to the corresponding place in view model and yeah. many, 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 many features like that. And speaking of features, one thing I really like about .vvm is just how clean it is. Like you don't require us to inherit base classes, I don't think. And you have the special dot prefix mm -hmm. that you can basically just say what your command name is and what your value. It's easy. There's not a lot of plumbing like, uh, like we're used to in WPF or UWP, for example. Yeah, yeah. XAML was one of the inspirations uh, we took for when we started developing .vvm, and we have made a list of uh, things we would like to avoid, yeah. which are present in XAML, and uh, we tried to avoid them. Mm. So we tried to make the binding syntax uh, much more available, easier. And also, we have took a lot of inspirations from uh, web forms, and also we tried to make the API of controls much easier to use, get uh, rid of uh, all the bloat and things that yeah. are not necessary, like run it equals server. Yeah, yeah. This is crazy. So we don't have uh, anything like that. The syntax is very clean. And also the HTML, which is produced by controls, is uh, very straightforward. Uh, it's the minimum possible HTML, which the control can produce. And if you want to apply any CSS styles, you can just uh, add the class attribute to any control and style it as, as you need. So it doesn't produce any inline style like web forms. Now, these controls, there's what, 20, 20 some odd built in controls, 25? Yeah. They're built in C sharp and comes with source code. So if you don't like the way something is rendered as either CSS or, or whatever, are they C sharp or are they JavaScript? Most of them, most of them are in C sharp. There is some JavaScript required. Uh, yeah. If you are building controls and want, for example, the validation to work correctly on, on text boxes or something like that, we had to write some JavaScript, but it's generic. So if you want to use text box and uh, have validated, you don't need to write this JavaScript again. Wow. That's cool. Or for example, formatting or things like that. 
if you enter some number in a text box and apply the format string equals something, it will get formatted automatically when you write the value in, in the text box. So we had to write the JavaScript. Yes. And one other really important question is, how close to the web form syntax? I know this isn't like supposedly a drop-in replacement for web forms, but how closely to the syntax are these controls in terms of property names and things? Most of the property names are the same or very similar. There are some things inspired more with WPF than web forms. Interesting. But for example, the text box, there is a repeater which was present in web forms. You can use item template inside of the repeater. So right. uh, we tried to make this as most accessible for web forms guys. So they won't have to learn so much new things. And also we have uh, got a lot of great feedback from uh, WPF or Silverlight developers because the API is not the same, Sure, but it's also very similar. It's the Microsoft-ish uh, way of naming controls and naming things. And they like the binding syntax, the MVVM. And one great thing uh, which uh, I was always missing in WPF is to be able to access the parent context in the binding. If you are, for example, in, in the grid view and you want to access something from the parent view model, the view model of the entire screen, mm. it's much more difficult in WPF than in .vvm because uh, of knockout.js, yeah. which have this uh, out of the box. So even in .vvm, you can just say underscore parent and you can access the parent context or root context or whatever context, wherever in the hierarchy you are. Nice. Thomas, one of the things that I really like is just all the things that you've thought of that are in the box that enterprises would like localization or, you know, uh, validation, of course, but grids, you've got grids that have the sorting on the server side and paging and file uploading. And all the things that you thought of that we would need. I mean, this isn't just a half-baked idea that has some sample code in it. This is this is pretty rich. Yeah, we have fine-tuned the set of controls on our own projects because most of the guys who are working on .vvm framework, uh, they come from my company and we are building software for our clients. We are using on our internal projects, we are using .vvm since version 0.6 and I think most of the features in .vvm are tested by us. And of course, our applications require these functionality like server-side sorting in uh, grids. And we are also always been using .NET, so we know it pretty well. And we have just tried to do took everything which .NET has, the localization using resource files, the validation uh, attributes and things like that. And we just integrate it in, in .vvm. So basically everything you are used to, uh, in .NET from other technologies like WPF or Webforms, you can use this also in uh, .vvm. And of course, nothing is preventing you from using other JavaScript things like Bootstrap or other stuff like that, right? I mean, yeah. there's, you're not locking yourself into anything, are you? Yeah, of course. So you are not locking uh, yourself because uh, what .vvm does is actually it provides a wrapper over Knockout.js. So even if you want to use any third-party controls from uh, other vendors like Telerik or DevExpress or anyone, if they support Knockout.js, you can just use Knockout.js syntax and you can just paste a snippet of HTML which uses the data bind syntax of Knockout.js and it will work because .vvm will give you your C-sharp view model on the client side and you can do whatever 
you want to do. And also, if you want to change something, the view model on the client side, there is a JavaScript API you can use to manipulate with anything, basically, which is part of the view model. So it's very extensible. And we have a lot of customers that are very happy because they use .vvm for 90% of the repetitious uh, work. Mm-hmm. And uh, if there if there is 10% which they are missing, they just sit down and write their own controls or their own mechanisms and extend .vvm with the things they really need. And yeah, like I said, you could write it in either JavaScript or C-sharp, doesn't really matter. It's just how you interface together with the framework. Uh, yes, you can choose uh, whichever way you want. Mm-hmm. If you are building just one-time control, which you are using on one page, right. you can do everything on the server, just produce, spit out some HTML, substitute some data from the view model and render this uh, right in the HTML. If you want your control to be universal, and to work smoothly with uh, other parts of .vvm. For example, if you want to have this control appear multiple times on the page, for example, in the repeater or something like that, you will need to write a knockout.js binding handler for this control so it can be used multiple times on the page and it can be dynamically created and uh, removed uh, knockout.js. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, that's the better way to go. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You could quickly... Just stick something in there if he's just a one-timer. Mm, yeah. So why did you choose Knockout? Because uh, we have started working on .vvm three years ago. We didn't have these technologies like we have now. If we were starting today, I would definitely choose something else than Knockout. But huh, why? It what, would just for the feature set or the performance or what? I think that Knockout.js is it is being maintained somehow, but uh, we cannot expect more and more features. Ah. And also there is a limitation of uh, third-party vendors, which are also, if they support Knockout, they are not going to invest in it. So if they uh, introduce new controls, there is a chance that they won't be supported in Knockout. That's, that's my feeling. I think that mm. Knockout is after its greatest days and today we would go with uh, something based on vdom i'm i don't know if if react uh, or if we use the vdom itself but uh, i think we would choose another approach yeah. today has steve sanderson seen it uh i don't know uh, that's <laughs> that'd be fun i'd like to see his reaction to it yeah, he's a brilliant guy. I haven't uh, met met the guy uh, personally. I have always wanted to uh, meet him on MVP Summit or something like that, but I haven't never run into him, so I didn't have a chance to talk to him. Well, if you'll be at the MVP Summit this year, maybe we can try to arrange something. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah I, I would be actually very interested. And also, he started playing with uh, WebAssembly. Oh, yeah. The Blazor project. Yeah, the Blazor project. And this is another area where uh, new frameworks and new technologies can uh, emerge. Yeah. So this must be very interesting to, to talk with him about WebAssembly and the, all the options that WebAssembly can bring. Hey, Richard. Yeah, buddy. Guess what time it is? Ah, it must be that happy time again. Yeah, it's time to introduce my new product, .ZZM. Oh. It's .VVM with four-foot beards, spinning guitars, and cheap sunglasses. (laughs) .ZZM. .ZZM. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Yeah. But a killer guitar sound. Holy crap. Old school music, my friend. It's actually time to give away a D-Experience subscription from DevExpress to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. Become a UI superhero with DevExpress UI controls and libraries, 
and deliver elegant .NET solutions that address customer needs today, and leverage your existing knowledge to build next-generation touch-enabled solutions for tomorrow. Whether it's an office-inspired application or a data-centric analytics dashboard, DevExpress Universal ships with everything you'll need to build your best without limits or compromise. And check out their DevExtreme React grid, built from the ground up to fully support all the cool features that come with React, like virtual DOM and state controllers like Redux. It supports master detail, sorting, grouping, paging, and editing, and you can check it out and test it for free on GitHub. But learn more and download your free 30-day trial of DevExpress Universal at devexpress.com slash superhero. Well, all right, buddy. Who's our winner? Today's winner, Richard, is Stephen Bennett. Congratulations, Stephen. Yeah. I'll clap for you, sir. And uh, Stephen just won a D-Experience subscription, a big pile of awesome from our friends at DevExpress, just for being a member of the .NET Rocks fan club. And hey, if you don't know what that is, go to .netrocks.com, click on the big Get Free Stuff button, answer a few questions, and join the fan club. We have thousands of members all over the world. In every show, we like to give away stuff from our sponsors. And every December... Like we just did on Thursday, we give away a $5,000 technology shopping spree to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. But you got to sign up to win. And we'd like to ask our guests, of course, Tomas, if you had $5,000 to spend on technology right now, what would you buy? Well, last time I was on this show, I said I want to buy some model trains. Mm -hmm. And uh, since that, I didn't have time to do anything with my model trains. So (laughs) maybe the answer is still the same. (laughs) I want some model trains and uh, also some free time to uh, be able to do something with them. Yeah, very good. Yeah, that's always the tricky part is getting some time to play with our toys. Maybe if they uh, sell some free time, it would be very interesting to me. Nowadays, model trains come with people that make movies with their model trains sure you know that's like the next step up is to to make films that look like little towns and stuff (laughs) yeah i don't know if you know this maybe i said this on the last show you were on tomas but neil young the uh songwriter famous rock musician in america he and his son did model trains they had a whole outbuilding for the trains that they did, HO scale trains. I remember seeing a special on it. He has a special needs son, and he was spending a lot of time out there with his son doing the trains. Very cool. Interesting. I, I didn't, didn't know that. Yeah. So the cool thing is after you use .vvm and you do zero JavaScript and get your web app running, you're running on .NET Core. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah, it's a strength. I think people are are just getting their head around .NET Core, so being able to give us some tooling that just makes it that much easier. Thomas, do you find that there are folks with projects that are, like I said, written with web forms that are using system.web, so they're stuck on the old framework? They're in transition. They're going to actually run both versions of the framework to get across? Well, uh, I haven't seen um, these two frameworks combined in one application. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if it uh, is possible, if it's even possible to do. But also, I have seen a lot of uh, applications that uh, some modules are written in NetCore, some are still in the old web forms. Right. They started using on containers and things like that. And basically, they are going in the way of microservices or maybe something more than one big monolith, which is the web forms big app. And the new features are done as microservices, uh, which lies somewhere around this, this old monolith. 
Yeah, it's it's interesting to sort of unpeel this onion and say, how am I going to continue to advance this app but not make it dependent on this older technology? And clearly all the stuff will run together. I just think it's intimidating for some folks to do that. So I, I appreciate your tool sort of sitting in the middle to make life easier for us. Yeah, and also we have uh, a lot of customers that uh, they want to get rid of web forms as quickly as possible because right. they are, for example, still using uh, the forms authentication, right. which is today it's uh, quite outdated. They want to use the new authentication uh, middlewares in ASP.NET Core because there is much better chance that these will stay up to date. Also, if they're using uh, social network sign-in, the libraries for the web forms or for these old frameworks, they are not maintained. So the new versions of the OAuth workflow don't work there. So that's there's a lot of reasons to go or to upgrade to .NET Core. And .VVM can help with this because the API of view models and the framework is same on uh, .NET Core and .NET Framework. The only difference is in the startup because the OVIN configuration is different than ASP.NET Core configuration. But Mm. that's just one file that's being changed. The rest is exactly the same. You guys have a video series and some really great guidance on .vvm.com. Can you tell us about that? Recently, we have produced uh, several videos. We call them .vvm Coffee. It's not educational video. It's more that uh, demonstration of features the framework is capable of so it's uh, two or one or two minutes basically mm-hmm. for uh, one one video uh, so recently we have uh, been doing a conference about dotnet core and we had we got the big tv and played the videos in the loop and it was very nice because people were uh, gathering uh, at the tv and they were looking how uh, you do master pages in .vvm how you can write uh, your own controls how the data binding works and the videos are short so it's uh, easy to watch during the coffee break yeah. on the conference but you also have some really good small samples that are easy to digest and, you know, granular enough that you can just sort of copy and paste code. Yeah, yeah. We have uh, a lot of a lot of samples in the documentation. A few months ago, there were an option to run them, but then we have been changing the structure of the documentation. So now you cannot just run the samples. You have to copy-paste it to your own app. But still, every control uh, has few samples uh, which demonstrates the usage. And also we have several sample applications. There is one application called Checkbook. Uh, you have a group of people who are going to the same restaurant and they have to pay together so they can record who paid which amount right. for whom and things like that. So this is demonstration of how you can uh, use uh, .vvm in combination uh, with uh, Bootstrap. And also there is a Nordfin sample, which is a bigger application, which demonstrates most of the features uh, for a line of business applications. There's, for example, global exception handling, localization. Mm. Uh, also, there is a one page which demonstrates a library called uh, .vvm dynamic data, mm. which allows to generate uh, grids and forms just from the database schema. It's similar than uh, ASP.NET had dynamic data yeah. years ago. Yeah. And it was very easy to use. And in .vvm, this is a little bit more configurable. And you can basically, you don't have to write the form with uh, 50 fields. You can just generate it from an object you are trying to edit. And you can use attributes to specify the annotations, uh, what is the name of the field. 
you can apply some styles mm. if some field is more important than the others you can apply a css class on it you can disable some fields based on user roles and things like that and you are just writing attributes on a c sharp class then you pass this this object in the view model and .vvm will generate the form for you and uh, you can customize the process so if you are using bootstrap you can generate the set of uh, diff elements with the corresponding css classes for bootstrap yeah. if you are want to use tables for your forms you can you can customize how the form is actually rendered and you're talking about control development here is there such a thing as a .vvm control marketplace where people can share controls that they've written not yet we have been thinking about it because it's quite interesting idea maybe it uh, don't have to be limited to .vvm maybe i would appreciate something like uh, this for the entire .NET. Yeah. We have NuGet, of course, with uh, the libraries, but maybe some smaller pieces of code which could be put on some marketplace and used easily. That that would be great. Uh, we don't have uh, any marketplace for uh, .vvm controls. Hmm. We have a repo called uh, .vvm contrib, and uh, anyone can add their own controls uh, to this repo, and we will build the NuGet packages and uh, publish on NuGet. And there is a project template. So if you want to add your own control, you can just say .NET new and there is an, some name of the template and it will generate a project for the control itself, some project to demo application, which is using this control and test project with uh, Selenium. So you can write UI tests for the control quite easily. Nice. Hmm. And, and I presume anybody writing controls has got to think about uh, responsive web design as well. Make sure that things deal with the narrow form factors better. Yeah, yeah. And typically, we are leaving this to CSS. Right. Mo most of the controls in .vvm, they just don't use any CSS classes. You can apply your own ones, mm -hmm. so you can tell how this control should look like, how the control should look like, and that's it. Uh, also, we have some uh, commercial controls on .vvm. We have a project called .vvm Business Pack, and these ships with CSS uh, styles or themes or something mm -hmm. like that. There is also a team editor where you can customize your own teams. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So what's next? What uh, what do you what's on your to-do list for .vvm? Well, uh, currently we are finalizing .vvm 2.0, which will bring several new and uh, very interesting features like uh, REST API bindings because uh, we have observed a situations that on some more complicated pages, the view model can get pretty heavy because it has to contain all the data in the page. So if you have a grid with 5,000 rows, they have to be persisted in the view model somehow. Right. And uh, of course, 5,000 rows in a grid is not a good idea from the UX perspective. No. But uh, <laughs> tell, there are some customers which uh, this is not an argument for them. They don't care about UX. They just were used that 5,000 rows is normal in the grid view. So they need to have this. <laughs> we're still having this. I mean, we've been having this argument for 30 years. Oh, I know. We're, yeah. You're never going to look at 5,000 rows. I don't care. I want them. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Now, why is it so slow? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this makes the view models quite heavy. So we have implemented the REST API integration. So you can use the view model only for persisting state, for example, which uh, column you are sorting by or on which page uh, you are or some filters and things like that. And the data of the grid view can be loaded uh, separately from a REST API. You can, of course, 
reuse this REST API, for example, if you are doing a mobile application or hmm. things like that. So the view model is very tiny. It will contain all the state information and not the data itself. Yeah. And there are some options to refresh, uh, refresh when something changes in the data. So you can refresh the specific binding to reload uh, new data from the REST API. Uh, also, this can be cached. So you don't need to query the database over and over nice. because the REST API calls can be cached uh, quite nicely. I'm looking at the VVM roadmap for two, and you also talked about a concurrency mode for postbacks. This is really interesting. Yeah, it was uh, an issue because uh, that comes maybe from web forms, because in web forms where uh, you clicked on some button twice, it would just generate two Postbacks, right. so you had duplicate records in the database. Yep. And the first version of .vvm, we have been using the same behavior because if there is a problem with the connectivity, you don't want to block uh, the user interface. Right. So uh, we had also the issue with double postbacks. It could be quite easily solved by some uh, adding one binding expression the enabled property of the button, but still. And now we are uh, we have introduced the concurrency mode property, and there are basically three modes. The first one is the default, it was which was in the .vvm 1.0, and the second one is that the postbacks are put in the queue, so another postback cannot start when and the other is still running, so they're queued. It's good for, for example, if you have timer in the page or things like that. Right. This is a good scenario for the queue because you never know if the timer fires the event, if the user is doing something or not. Mm. And also there is uh, the deny option, which will prevent the second postback. If there is some postback running, you cannot create another one. And does it raise an error or just ignores the postback? It will drop the event so right it will do nothing basically if you are too lazy to disable the button it won't do anything if you right. click it uh, for the second time well it's it's nice to have that granularity we nobody wants two records entered really right yeah it's really cool also we have a lot of new features planned there my personal favorite is for example a global enabled property for uh, form controls on any element, can say something like for controls enabled equals and some binding expression. And all controls inside this element will get enabled or disabled. Wow. Which is great because sometimes you want to disable the entire form, which has 30 fields. And you can do this on one place. Right. And of course, you can override this for individual controls. But still, uh, there is one global switch for enabling or disabling the form. Awesome. And it's probably fairly code efficient on the front end too. That just you could see someone and you know flips to a particular mode in the form, and so all this other stuff has to be disabled. And you just be able to trigger it off. They change it, trigger it back. Hmm. Yeah, those are good pages. Are you doing a dependency injection in in web controls? I love everything about that. Originally, in the first versions, we didn't mean the controls to have any logic uh, which would work with data. We wanted uh, to handle the presentation logic in, in the controls. So the control can decide what it will render based on something that is in the view model. But the control itself shouldn't communicate with the database or things like that. But we have found a lot of situations where this can be really useful. So we have uh, added the, an option to have dependency injection in the controls. So you can write your own, own, own control. You can inject some service uh, based on the default .NET dependency injection mechanism, which is part of uh, ASP.NET Core. 
and you can use this service in the control to do whatever whatever you want. So this is one thing. Also, we have enabled the injecting the services into the views. Mm-hmm. So you can, if you have a button, you can just call some function on the service. And this doesn't generate postback. We call this a static command because originally it was used to call a static method. But you can call a function on any service that gets resolved from uh, the DI container. And it doesn't transfer the view model from the client to the server. So you can save a lot of bytes uh, being transferred over the network. So this is, uh, this can make uh, many things uh, much more lightweight and optimized. And still there, the features like concurrency mode works also on these functions. So it's quite easy to use. Very cool. I'm, I'm just continuously blown away by what you guys are doing. And uh, I think our listeners are as well. It's .vvm.com. Go get it. Get it now. Check it out. Thomas, thank you so much. Okay. Uh, if you want to be blown away a little bit more, for the next version of .vvm, .vvm 3.0, we are trying to get rid of Knockout.js and to replace it by VDOM. Wow. Because there is a lot of limitations in uh, Knockout.js. We will still still support it, but the default controls in the framework will not need it because we will replace this layer with VDOM, which will be much more performant, especially on the most complicated pages right? with a lot of data right there. And uh, if there is some control which requires Knockout.js, we have uh, already a working prototype of some Knockout compatibility layer that will load the Knockout and will create some interface between the VDOM and Knockout. So the control code work, even if it's assuming that we have Knockout, but the rest of the application will not have Knockout.js. So this is also thing we want to do because many people were telling us that uh, knockout is outdated and uh, we don't want to use it it's too many years old yeah uh, then what's popular now even today people don't want to use javascript libraries from 2016 for example so it's very difficult mm. sure yeah and so you think you're going to be able to build a clean bridge for us when we get to 3.0 to just switch out that underlying layer, our existing pages should just work again? Yeah, it should. Uh, everything should work as uh, as it was. Only if you have uh, write some JavaScript which manipulates with the CoJS view model, you will have to do some changes. But maybe they won't even be breaking changes because we have already implemented a prototype of this. And uh, we basically, we made everything work uh, without any changes in the code. So this underlying technology will change and maybe nobody will even notice that it has changed. Wow. Except wow. it would be much quicker. That's awesome. <laughs> I can't wait. Thank you, Tomas. Yeah, welcome. I, it was great time to be here. Yeah, and you keep us posted. Of course. On anything new. When 3.0 comes out, you come back. Okay, thanks. All right. And we'll see you next time on .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net and produced by Pwop Studios, a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and, of course, in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, 
and access to the full archives going back to show number one, recorded in September 2002. And make sure you check out our sponsors. They keep us in business. Now go write some code. See you next time. Transmitter band by the FCC. Yes, I'm a, a